Welcome back, Fulcher Arash, to Irish with Molly podcast. Today, I am delighted and excited to have Davy Holden, an Irish historian who's joining us from Kilkenny, his hometown. Uh, Davy is relatively new on the scene, but you might have witnessed his fantastically dynamic videos, beautifully created, bringing to life Irish history. He has amassed over 370,000 followers over social media and YouTube, different platforms. He's traveled to the United States, giving workshops on Irish history, published books and eBooks and spoken at universities and schools, giving lectures on his chosen passion and field. So even when growing up, Davy's journey brought him through the stories of his ancestors and his family and his neighborhood and his wider world, growing up near standing stones and megalithic structures. So it is such an honor to have you here, Davy, and I can't wait to hear more about your journey and how your passion has led you to loving life and doing what you love. So welcome. Thanks so much, Molly. Absolutely delighted to be here. So delighted to be chatting to you and finally get to meet you even virtually. So thanks so much. Yeah, for that's me. it. We were chatting a bit over Instagram and it was just great to see your page come alive, to be honest, because a bit like with the Irish language, you know, at school, people would say, oh, history is so boring. And like, how can you remember all the dates as if it was only about remembering dates? But your page really brings this vibrant kind of nearly like character led story to Irish events. Tell us a bit about how you started your channel and what kind of motivated you and propelled you into that sphere. Yeah, so it's kind of a, a mad story and there's a lot of different events that kind of led to me starting my channel. But like I grew up in South Kilkenny in the area of like Hogginstown, Mullavat, so quite close to Waterford. And I suppose wherever you grow up in Ireland, you're surrounded by Irish history regardless, you know, whether it's 100 years old or it's 5,000 years old, you can't get away from it really, you know. And then in school, I obviously studied history and studied Irish history up until junior search. And believe it or not, I actually gave it up after that. And like one of the most common questions I get asked is like, where did I study Irish history? What college did I go to? What course did I do? What universities would I recommend? So I never actually went to university. I didn't study Irish history in college. I, I'm actually an accountant by trade. That's what I did. That's what I went to study after school. So I never even stepped foot in a university in my life, funnily enough, because accountancy here in Ireland, I'm not sure about other countries, but here it works kind of like an apprenticeship. So you're working a full-time job and you're doing your exams kind of as you go. So it kind of, it was really around the time of COVID when COVID started, that's where it all kind of began with the channel. So one of my best friends is a musician and during the lockdown, he was like, I really want to shoot a music video for my new song. And he was like, will you shoot it for me? And I had never held a camera in my life at this point. I literally had to ask him, how do I turn it on? You know, um, so I went out and I shot the music for video for him or at least tried to. And I did that a little bit over COVID, like start shooting videos, even though I didn't even own a camera. I was just using my friend's camera. And then I just realized that I absolutely love making videos. You know, I just, I just literally, it was so random. It came out of nowhere. Only for him, I would have never held a camera in my life, you know? So after doing that for a while, I bought myself a camera. I started a YouTube channel. I started a TikTok channel. I started Instagram, Facebook, the whole shebang. 
And I kind of just started making videos about everything and anything, all things Irish, but it was a real mix. It was like Irish music, Irish history, and just kind of once it was Irish, it fit into the channel, you know? And then from the feedback I was getting from people between comments and messages, people were like, more Irish history, you know, like do more Irish history videos. That's what I'm really enjoying. And I got that a lot. So I just decided, I was like, right, this is what everyone's enjoying. So I'm just going to start making more Irish history history videos. And eventually it just turned into this channel that only does Irish history. So now it, <laughs> like, I just kind of made the decision. I was like, right, this is an Irish history channel from now on. That's what I really enjoy. So it's, it's kind of like an amalgamation of my two favorite things, like Irish history. I've always had a passion about it since I was a kid. And then videography, which was a very new passion. I'm only at it like three years. And it was just them two things together just created this Irish history social media channel. That's how it all began, wow. basically. Boola boss, fair play to you. Because I read, you know, about your passion for videography and video production. And I thought he's probably been doing that since, you know, for years. And you're clearly such a natural and you enjoy it so much. And what I love about your videos too is like this deep curiosity and excitement that you have. You can hear it in your voice. You're clearly like discovering more as you go along, always learning. And the joy of sharing that with your audience is such a thrill. So they're kind of feeding off that great energy. And speaking of your audience, like where are they from? You know, when they get in touch with you, are they all over the world? Are they changing all the time? Yeah, a huge amount of my audience is the Irish diaspora. So I've a pretty large audience in Ireland, but yeah, definitely the largest is the US, Canada, Australia, the UK. And then I have like some Irish diaspora in like really interesting places like Mexico and Argentina and France, you know. But yeah, mm -hmm. like it's definitely the largest um, part of my audience is definitely in North America. Yeah, because as we know, like Irish Americans are so proud of their Irish history and their Irish ancestry and they keep it alive better than anyone on the planet you know North America is just so important for Irish history it's incredible because like I've even said it before like if you go to like say let's take an example Kilmainham jail like who's like the 90% demographic on the tour right it's people with Irish ancestry like it's not necessarily Irish born people you know so they keep, they do so much for Irish history and they really don't get the recognition that they deserve at all nowhere near it in fact but yeah, that's the most of my audience would be the diaspora. Mm. Okay. I agree with you completely. Yeah. Same with my students and my followers. Um, really so engaged with the language as well. And a lot of them into their genealogy and the history of Ireland. And you took a trip last year, am I right, to the States? And yes. you toured around a bit. What kind of lectures were you giving? Who were you meeting? It was incredible. It was actually the best. I was only there for a week, but it was the best week of my life so far. I just absolutely loved it. So it started off in Chicago and we went to the Irish American Heritage Center. I only spent one day there, but I could honestly spend a week just in that building alone. It's incredible. Covers like loads of like Irish American history. It's phenomenal. I'll be going back there in August this year and yeah, I can't wait. And from there, then we went to a place called Waterloo in Iowa. So it's about a four hour drive from Chicago. And while I was there, I, attend, I attended the Iowa Irish Fest. Um, if you've never been to an Irish Fest in the United States before, you have to go. It is the most fun you can possibly have in one weekend because you're just surrounded by people that love what you love. 
And it's just so much fun. You'll meet tons of Irish people there even as well, between musicians and like people doing workshops and whatnot. But while I was there, I did a few Irish history workshops at the Iowa Irish Fest. And I kind of, I done what was called the Irish Rebel Song Workshop because it's kind of like a music festival. I was like, right, I want to incorporate some Irish music as well as history, you know? So I did a workshop based on kind of like rebel songs, as in breaking down the history of them. So I brought people from like the 1100s all the way up to like Ireland's revolutionary period of the 1920s. And I took some rebel songs from each era and I spoke spoke about the history behind them, you know? So I spoke about like, and the soldier song and grace and stuff like this um and it was absolutely brilliant i absolutely loved it i met some incredibly interesting people while i was there as well like even on my second workshop right i was doing a workshop on grace you know the song grace and believe it or not after the workshop one of the event organizers came up to me and he was like you'll never guess who was in your audience i was like who and he goes, John, to meet him. And I was like, well, who is it? And he said, it's Joseph Plunkett's great grandnephew, which was absolutely mad. Like of all places to meet him, I met him out in Waterloo in Iowa and he was at one of my workshops, went up and he went to introduce me to him. And before he even introduced me, I was like, it's definitely that guy because he is the stamp of Joe Plunkett, absolute stamp of him. He has the same face, the same eyes. It was incredible. So that was absolutely like mind blowing for me, you know, to be at in a completely different country, in an area I'd never been before. And to meet somebody like that was just phenomenal. But I'll be going back to the States again now this year. I'll be in, as of now, I'll be in Chicago. I'll be in Waterloo for the Iowa Irish Fest. And I'll be in La Crosse in Wisconsin for the Irish Fest La Crosse. So I'll be doing a similar thing as well. I'll be doing like an Irish history workshop. I generally run them from like the 1100s up until the end of the War of Independence. That seems to do very well and seems to like people really seem to enjoy it. And it's probably my favorite era to cover. But uh, yeah, I'll be going back there now this summer and I absolutely can't wait. I had to be nearly dragged out of the place last year to get me home. Yeah. <laughs> nearly missed your flight, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so beautiful to hear. And like you say, that favorite bit of your teaching and your sharing knowledge. Are there questions that come up again and again? Like what do people really want to know about, in your opinion or from your experience? Yeah, it's interesting because everyone has like a different era that they're most interested in. But what I think people love is the sequence and understanding the sequence of Irish history. So I try and I try and do that in my videos a lot. So if I'm making a video on, let's just say the 1916 East Horizon, as an example, like I'll make sure to bring in, I'll start off in like 1801 with the Act of Union. And then I'll bring in the Young Irelanders and I'll bring in, say, the founding of the Irish Republican Brotherhood, then speak about home rule and then go into 1916 after that. And then people are like, oh, yeah, so this happened then, then that happened, then that happened. Because that's kind of the hardest part about learning history at the very start. You're like, I know of all these events, but I've no idea which came first, which came after, do you know this kind of way? Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, like going chronologically through history and like so giving people an understanding of like the sequence of how events happened. I think that's what people really love as well. But I've also dived into, say, not just history in Ireland, on the island itself, but doing like Irish American history, Irish Canadian history, all this kind of thing. Because like, as we know, like there's millions of Irish people emigrated to the United States in the 1800s alone. And a lot of these men and women became heroes in American history, you know, um, Thomas Francis Marr being an obvious one, like my 
audience love learning about Thomas Francis Marr. He's, he's a man that grew up about 10, 15 miles away from me. He's from Waterford City. Um, after the 1848 rebellion, like he was deported to exile in Tasmania, just south of Australia. In 1852, then he escaped to the United States and became a hero of the Civil War and became the first governor of Montana. Like, you know, so there's Irish people in the States that became bigger heroes in American history than they did in Irish history nearly. You know, so I like teaching that as well, like, you know, because obviously Ireland has influenced countries, not just America, obviously, but all over the world, you know. So I love teaching mm -hmm. that too. And that really gives the diaspora in their own country, you know, mm -hmm. a connection, a more of an Irish connection uh, to whatever happened in that specific country, you know. Yeah. You know, when we started talking about this podcast before it even existed, um, you were really top of my list of people I wanted to talk to because I find your work very inspiring. And I think it's so much more about teaching, you know, like you are a teacher, but I'm sure you have so many other hats or even titles or names that you see yourself as because you're a creator, a historian, in many ways, like healing, very much in the role of healer. And I'm sure you get a lot of people's reaction to you like, it's so good to see a young person, you know, so passionate about our heritage and our history and also changing the way it's taught and connecting people, like you say, like there's knowing history and then there's feeling like it's part of your life, your lineage or your history, your identity. So I think that's really amazing. And you must get such positive feedback from people all over the world and have connected with so many amazing people and in what way is that playing into your projects going forward what are you working on at the moment what do you hope to to produce mm. this year let's say yeah yeah it is actually really interesting that's a really interesting topic that i didn't see coming at all a lot of people said that to me like yeah it's great that you're doing this because you're so young and then like young people will listen to you i, I never really thought about that you know i didn't think that that was like a good thing or an advantage in any way at all. But so many people have said that to me. Yeah. Because I guess a lot of people maybe have a, they don't enjoy history in school or Irish history and they come out of school then and they don't really care about it. But yeah, I've had that said to me so many times, which is very interesting. Maybe people, younger people can connect with a younger person easily, I guess, which is really interesting. And I didn't see that coming at all. Yeah, but no, true. I've had great, great experiences from it. And it is a new way of teaching, like, you know, because like, beforehand before social media if you want to learn irish history i mean if to read a book and if you're not into reading what are you going to do you know you can go and do a tour if you're lucky enough to be in a certain area but like if you're not a person that enjoys reading now i love reading i could sit down for hours and read but i know people that love history but hate reading you know so like before social media what could you do really you know so social media is kind of just like a new modern way of teaching it and also a big thing about it is now i am Pro reading. I prefer reading than watching videos myself. However, the great thing about video is you get to experience the place, you know, because if you're sitting down reading a book, that's great. But you don't get to see the area. You know, that's the beautiful thing about the social media videos is that like you kind of feel like you're there. You can actually see the area that it happened in, you know, and that's a massive part of it because even when I go to places, I might read off of a place for years, you know, and then eventually get there and it's just it's just so surreal then when you actually see it in real life, it's incredible. And that's one thing that I guess a book can't do, I guess. So that's one pro for videos. But yeah, I'm working on a lot of stuff right now, actually. A lot of very life-changing things as well. I'm currently in the process of try trying to move to the US. 
which is going to be a massive life change for me. I've never lived in another country before. I've been to the US numerous times, but never lived there. So that's kind of my biggest project this year is moving to the US. And it's easier said than done, of course, but I have high hopes. I hope it works out maybe later this year, maybe September, October, in around that time. But I'm also working on my YouTube channel is something I kind of never put a huge amount of work into. And I'm really changing that this year. So even since the very beginning of this year now, I'm trying to like produce my videos better, like, you know, put in more pre-production and uh, post-production work, just improve them overall and turn them into little documentary videos rather than like a five minute video. You know, mm -hmm. I'm also working on my next book as well, which is going to be based on the Irish War of Independence. I have no idea what the book is going to be called yet because it's in the it's in the early stages of it. But I'm working on that right now, too. And I also have a lot of exciting projects coming up, like physical uh, products as well. So I have like some Irish history merchandise and that kind of thing. I'm actually wearing it right now. And I've been working for months on an Irish War of Independence medal recrafted and shrunken down. OK, so the original War of Independence medal that was issued, it's a beautiful medal, but it's it's huge. You couldn't actually wear it like, you know, it's, it's a giant thing. So I've been working with a jeweler, a local Kilkenny jeweler for the past few months, and he's shrunken it down and handcrafted an Irish War of Independence medal in a shrunken down size that you can wear like on a chain as a pendant. That's something I've wanted since I'm a kid and I wouldn't have ever been able to do it without this channel, I guess. So that's like one of the things I'm most grateful for as well as to I'm actually just after getting my first one and it's gorgeous. It's incredible. And it's something I've wanted since I'm a kid. So I'm very, very excited about that. And of course, wow, another nice. big thing this year then is going to America. So I'll be going over to America regardless in July, August to do some more Irish history workshops. So I can't wait for that. That is brilliant to hear. Best of luck to you with everything. Um, that's so exciting. And I love that it's yeah opened all these doors for you and so much opportunity, so much freedom mm. to explore that. Have you been approached about going into schools, even if it's not your thing? I'm sure a lot of teachers listen to your content and school teachers and everyone saying you could make history a lot more inviting, a lot more alive for kids and teenagers. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been invited to into any Irish schools. I've done some talks in the States online. I spoke at a college in North Carolina um, last year, and I also spoke at a school in Iowa as well, in Rhinebeck, Iowa. So I spoke at those two schools, both virtually, and it was brilliant. Like, it's really enjoyable because I suppose for them, like, it was actually an Irish history class. So I suppose to get someone Irish into the channel was probably very fun as well. You know, I had to speak very slowly and clearly so people could understand <laughs> my thick Kilkenny accents. But uh, no, it's yeah. so much fun. Yeah. And the students are so much fun to talk to as well. But Irish schools, I haven't actually went into any Irish schools yet. No. And it's something I would like to do to run like maybe a workshop or something like that. But um, mm. I haven't actually really looked into it. or I haven't actually done it yet. No. Mm -hmm. But it's great how you're yeah, changing the narrative in a way and making it just a lot more accessible to people as well. Um, I love, you know, a lot of your reels are 90 seconds or whatever the shorter limit is on Instagram. And you really feel like you're learning a lot. And like you say, the visual aspect is great. You get to see where you're talking about and hear these stories. So I wonder, like, you're probably always researching, always reading, always checking out things. Have you favorite sources or podcasts or historians that you that you go to? 
I am constantly researching, yeah, because it's great because I'm constantly studying and eventually things just get locked in and they're there forever, you know? But yeah, no, it is a lot of research, yeah, and fact-checking and stuff like that, which is really fun. I enjoy that. I enjoy reading. I enjoy researching. It does take a lot of time. Like each, like Instagram video is like 60 to 90 seconds. There could be six hours gone into that minute long video, you know? It does take a lot of time, yeah. but it's all fun for me. So I really enjoy it. It's a lot of work, but it doesn't feel like work, if that makes sense. But um, yeah, yeah. But no, it's 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 great. Like um, the longer form videos, funnily enough, you could get like a 15 minute long video on YouTube and like a 60 second video may have taken me longer to make that. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, you can see so much work has gone into it. They're very punchy, mm -hmm. very memorable, colorful. Yeah, yeah, I'm always so excited when you create a new one and you're very active. Yeah. You're creating them like new content every day, basically. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. But I have a lot of good resources, as you're asking. Like, yeah, I have one of my favorite resources. I have to say my favorite historian is def definitely Lorcan Collins. Lorcan is absolutely amazing. I love the way he writes his books. He doesn't write them, even though he is like an academic and he's just the man is just so intelligent. But he writes them for anyone could read them like, you know. You could read them if you're my age. A child could read them. They're just so brilliantly written. And he's such an interesting guy as well. I'm a, so I'm a massive fan of his. Um, I actually saw a comment on one of his videos recently that described him perfectly. The comment said, uh, anything Lorcan doesn't know isn't worth knowing. And I was just like, that is absolutely perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I look up to That's him so cool. a lot, for sure. <laughs> I'm sure your daily routine, your work life has just changed drastically from being an accountant um because we can see you're traveling around ireland obviously traveling to, to the states and you i imagine you spend a lot of time also editing writing you know crafting things presenting like you do uh, where have you been around ireland that you've just been blown away or things that you've discovered that you're like i never knew that and the channel has given you that kind of push to explore um blown me away i think the most obvious one for me and i think most people have experienced this is kilmainham jail so i'd been there before but like that is one of the most surreal places you'll ever walk into and it's very sad and sobering to walk through um you know the stonebreakers yard and stuff like that but that is like my number one recommendation like for anyone coming to ireland or maybe if you live in ireland already and you've never been there that's always my number one recommendation go to kilmainham jail do the tour. The two tour guides are absolutely amazing. And it's just, it's an experience you won't get anywhere else in Ireland. You know, it's, it's phenomenal. After that, another place that really blew my mind was Kilmichael in West Cork. I don't know who the committee was or the people were that, you know, created that commemoration, that monument, but whoever they were, they deserve, they deserve a medal. It's incredible. The work they've done there, it couldn't be any better. It's just perfect, you know, because some historical sites, there's very little work gone into them, which is fair enough. You, I mean, you can't, everywhere can't be perfect. But Kilmichael, West Cork is incredible. Whoever did the commemoration there, it's just brilliant. And it's definitely worth a visit as well. I know it's very out of the way if you're in Dublin, but like it's, it's worth the trip for sure. Yeah. Great. Really good tips. Mm. And I was thinking about the things people get wrong, like in with the Irish language and some things I teach. It's amazing what people have got wrong over the years or they're confused about. And it's like, no, it's like this. Here's a way to clarify that. Are there aspects of Irish history 
that you're constantly reminding people that's not how it happened. And they just have this false memory of how things worked or exaggeration or something that you're thinking, that's amazing that people don't know this. Maybe not that they got it wrong, but maybe it's something that people don't know about Irish history that you'd love to share. Um, I would say not so much people getting wrong, but there is just so much gray area in Irish history that kind of nobody knows, you know? People have their different opinions on it, but nobody really knows the answer yet, you know? So it's not that people are ever getting anything wrong. It's just a matter of opinion, I suppose. And there's there's so much confusion around certain areas in Irish history, you know? Like if you named the most famous Irish man of all time, or at least one of them, if not the most famous, Michael Collins, okay? Nobody really knows for certain how he died. Isn't that crazy? Like, yeah. I was actually just discussing this yesterday with a man. He's a historian, an Irish historian. And he just brought it up, you know, like the most famous Irish man of all time, potentially. And we don't know how he died. There's not even a death certificate for him. You know, wow. isn't that crazy? So yeah. there's, it's not so much people being wrong about stuff at all. No, there's just so much gray area, you know, um, especially in or around that period. The early 1900s, there's a lot there alone, which is kind of mad because that's such a recent event. You know, it's only 100 years ago and there's so much gray area there. So that is kind of the thing that I say most people get f confused on, which everyone's confused on it. You know, nobody really knows some of these answers, you know. So that's yeah. a big area about Irish history. There's just so much gray area where we don't really know the answers. That's fascinating. Wow. I'm looking forward to you finding those answers and sharing them with us. <laughs> I certainly <laughs> hope I can. I've, I have my doubts, but I hope so. <laughs> that is amazing. And are there... Are there other countries around the world that you're also fascinated in their history anywhere in particular? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I really want to go to Tasmania. So I'm going to Australia in March for like three weeks. And I'm actually going to south of Australia. I'm going to be in Melbourne. So I'm going to be very, very close to Tasmania. And I really hope I can make it out there for even a day or two. But Tasmania is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of Thomas Francis Marr and I love reading about his life he'd had such an incredible life and uh like that's where he was exiled after the 1848 rebellion so while i'm so close to that area i'm going to be at the other side of the world i have to really try and make it out there that would be really really fun to see and it looks like a beautiful place and mm -hmm. other than that like the u.s for me is everything like i've been to the u.s so many times but i've seen nothing you know, the country is just so vast. There's so many places in the States I want to go. And it's going to take me a long time to get to all these places. But I'm hoping I can get everywhere that I want to go. Like, you know, I really want to spend some time in Manhattan alone. I know that might sound funny to people in the US. They're like, Manhattan, why would you go there? But um, no, I really want to spend some more time in Manhattan. There's some serious Irish history there. I want to get to Boston. Yeah. I want to get to like... Civil War spots. I want to get to Gettysburg and Fredericksburg and places like that. I want to get to Montana. The list is endless, to be honest. Yeah. But there's also places like Newfoundland in Canada. I still haven't been there. That's another one. That's up the top of my list as well, because yeah. that place is fascinating. I would also love to visit Newfoundland. And when you're in Tasmania, will you be giving uh, workshops? Will you be teaching a bit? I'm actually going for music. Well, videography oh. slash music. So I'm yeah. going with a band called Shaolin, an Irish folk band. And they're they've amazing. hired me yeah. as their, yeah, great band. And they've hired me as their videographer. So I'm going to go out and Whoa. shoot a bit of a documentary for them. Yeah. yeah. Right. So and you also that... sing and play a few instruments? 
Is that right? Yeah, play guitar. Yeah, so I play a bit of Irish folk music, Irish rock music, and that kind of thing. I play with um, Keith from Shaolin, so he's the bass player in Shaolin. And we do a bit of like, yeah, Irish folk and Irish rock. We're actually playing this weekend as well. But yeah, no, it's fun. I really enjoy music. It's been a passion of mine since I'm a kid. Like I started playing music when I was like 10 years old. And um, I come from a big music family on my mother's side. So yeah, music is a big, big part of my life. And it's actually a big part of how I got into history as well. Because like what I did at the start was a lot of the time I'd look at Irish folk songs and I'd break down the story of what they're written about, the history mm -hmm. of the song. That's kind of what led me into Irish history, was a major factor, at least. Wow. And you mentioned, you know, being a kid and growing up in South Kilkenny and seeing all these ancient sites. Like, did you travel around Ireland much as a kid with your family or did you have moments that you can just remember being like in awe of places like Newgrange or different dolmen sites? Or how did that affect what you do now? Um, I think it's just from being surrounded by it. You kind of can't get away from it, you know, um, like even in now South Kilkenny, wouldn't, I'm not saying it's the best place in the world for Irish history. But as I said, it doesn't matter where you are in Ireland, you're surrounded by it regardless, you know, and you're surrounded by all these like old structures. Like there's a dolmen, there's a 5,000, 6,000 year old dolmen two minutes away from my house. You know, I can nearly see it from my house. Um things like that. And then there's memorials everywhere for certain events. You're just kind of surrounded by it, I guess, you know? And then I was yeah. always very curious about it. And then as I started learning, I actually started Irish history kind of backwards, funnily enough. I like started learning about the 1920s and stuff first. Mm. And then I went back. The way I learned Irish history was just completely the wrong way of doing it. I guess there is no wrong way of doing it. I take that back. But Seems like you know, the right it was way. funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. So I started with the really recent stuff and worked my way back the way. Yeah. But that's always what that's what got me hooked on Irish history was the recent stuff, you know, because mm -hmm. like Ireland is such an old country. If you want to study history from thousands of years ago, you can, you know, but yeah. what really caught my attention was when you're a kid, right? And you think back, like something happened 100 years ago as a kid, you're like, Oh, that's so long ago. Like, that's irrelevant, you know. But as you get older, you're like, 100 years ago is nothing. Do you know, like, that's like my great grandparents time. So my parents would have grown up with people from that era. You know, so wow. Ireland is such an old country and we have very old history, but it's also a young country, you know. Like, mm -hmm. we have serious events taking place only 100 years ago. Yeah. Some of the most significant events. And that's what really, really hooks me in now, I must say. And when I was, yeah, when I was traveling around then as a kid, I used Kind of that's what caught my interest as a kid was the more recent stuff for sure. I only got into the older history in my kind of later years, I suppose. But um, yeah, no, that's what really hooked me in when I learned like, you know, 100 years ago is not a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I agree. I think it's something that I think Ireland is kind of reckoning with at the moment or it's this collective thought that people are like, we're a young republic. You know, we can mm. we we're still in the young stages of discovering what Ireland is, what Irishness is. And that's a yeah. question I like to ask my guests as well. I know it's a very kind of massive question, but what do you think Irishness is? You that know, how, great. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny because as you were saying, like our history is so, you know, it really is so young. And it's very confused as well, like, because like a lot of these things even stemmed from the 1800s. So like in, was it 1893 with the uh, Gaelic League when that was founded, 
Like that was a huge part of bringing back Irish culture that had been fading away for, I mean, centuries, like centuries. So I suppose what we associate with Irish culture, probably a lot of it stems from that. And that's only, what, just over 100 years ago, too. You know, with the Gaelic League, it revitalized the Irish language, Irish music, Irish culture, dancing, Kayleys, all these types of things. You know, and that's not a long time ago at all. So I think a lot of it stems from there, I guess. The Gaelic League was one of the biggest things, you know. It sounds silly to say, I think people might know it, but the Gaelic League is one of the most important things that ever happened, ever, in Ireland. You know, and that's what stemmed most of the events of the early 1900s, really. It was a major factor, at least. And that was only formed in 1893. You know, it's crazy. So I suppose, like, music is also a huge part of being Irish. It really is. Like, I mean, our national em emblem, our national symbol is an instrument. It's a harp, you know? There's not many, not a huge amount of countries have that anyway. That's for sure, you know? So I think music is a huge part of it. Language is also a huge part of it. However, you'll know this better than me now. But that's also a very difficult one, right? Because do you find there's an interest coming back in the Irish language? Do you think it's improving? Or what, what way is it going right now? I definitely think so. I mean, I notice more Irish on TV and radio and on ads. Do you notice that? Like, yeah, it's yeah, I think it's it's quite remarkable. And also just in the general kind of discourse, people are saying, well, of course, they're saying to me, I wish I had Irish. I really want to relearn, rediscover Irish. I think it's interesting how everything is connected. And you know this well. And, you know, even yourself kind of changing your life around COVID. I think a lot of people felt this urge to do what they really want during COVID and maybe give up certain things or change career, change lifestyle. Also with the hipster movement, people kind of getting more into craft, handmade mm. things, kind of going back to a simpler and more authentic way of being. And I think the Irish language has is on that kind of journey too, that people are really more curious than ever and realizing maybe with content like yours and mine that it doesn't have to be taught a certain way. It can be made really dynamic and it's not what you think it is in a way. So yeah, yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah. Because like, it is so important, you know, and I made the mistake that so many people made like funnily enough in school, history wasn't my favorite subject. Irish was, you know, I loved Irish. I loved languages. And I did the thing that so many of us do. I was very, very good at Irish in school. It was probably my best subject. Finished school, 18, dropped it completely. And then a lot of my friends, they're actually Gaelgoers. You know, they're all fluent in Irish. They spend so much time in Connemara. And they're still fluent, of course, to this day. And even a lot of the time, I'll be around them and they're all speaking in Irish, you know. And that really affected me. When I was like 24, 25, I was like, I'd lost so much Irish at this stage. And then when I was around them people, I was like, I'm so jealous. You know, I was sickened. It really, really bothered me. And that's when I started to try and, you know, re-improve my Irish. But it was such a mistake, you know, dropping Irish. Because when I was at 18, 19, to be honest, I didn't care. You know, I, I dropped it because I didn't care. And it's I regret it so much, you know. If I was like, if I kept it going, I'd probably be fluent now. I'd most definitely be fluent now, you know. Yeah. And it's one but of the biggest mistakes. Yeah, it still can be. Absolutely. And it won't take 100%. you long. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. But it is so important have... for like, yeah, like kids finishing school. I don't want to call it kids, but like 18 year olds finishing school. Even if you don't care at that time, I can guarantee you when you're in your mid 20s, maybe late 20s, you'll be so sickened if you drop it because you'll just you'll be delighted with yourself if you can speak fluent Irish. It's so phenomenal and impressive to do. 
Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, we'll get on that after the podcast and I'll send you my course and you can go for it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Next interview could be in Irish. But <laughs> yeah. in terms of learning the Irish language and learning, rediscovering Irish history, how do you think it has connected you and how does it connect others to the country, to the people, to the past, our stories and ourselves? Because a lot of people and maybe more vocally Irish Americans or the diaspora in general, they talk about how the language connects them to who they are in a very soulful way. And I'm sure Irish history does the same thing for them because they associate themselves with these key figures of Irish history and then can trace back their roots to County Mayo or County Kildare, wherever they're from, and really feel part of the land and the lore. Have you felt mm. like your identity and your sense of self has changed through rediscovering Irish history? Big time. Yeah. And the way that happens for me <clears throat> is not necessarily from, well, studying it, reading a book and all that kind of thing definitely does. Of course it does. It really connects you to Ireland. However, what makes the biggest, biggest difference for me is physically getting out of my house and going seeing places and meeting mm. people. Meeting people is one of the biggest things. Now, other, yeah, going to a place and actually seeing what you've read about in real life with your own eyes. You're walking in the footsteps of, you know, people that came before you, which is incredible alone. But meeting locals has been the greatest thing I've experienced so far. It's like I made this rule to myself now when I go to a place, wherever it is, if I see a local person, just start a conversation with them. And Irish people are brilliant for this anyways, because you can talk to a complete stranger like they're your best friend. And it's just so easy, you know, so it's actually that makes a massive difference for me. And every place I go to now, I try and talk to a local person and they generally ask. People generally come up to me anyways, because guys standing around with a camera, they're a bit curious, like, what are you doing? But uh, no, that's been a huge difference. And the people you'll meet as well is incredible. Like I was down in South Tipperary late last year and I was at the in the area of Salah Hedbeg and there's a memorial there and all this kind of thing. And I met this family out for a walk and I was just like, well, how's it going? And they were like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, are you shooting a video or something? I was like, yeah, yeah. So I'm, you know, shooting a video about Salah Hedbeg and Dan Breen. And he, the man I was talking to, he was like, oh, my wife is Dan Breen's uh, grandniece. I was like, you know, you, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is perfect. You know, so I got to meet her and I got to chat to her. They showed me his house. They showed me all around the area. Like, that's incredible, you know, and Irish people are just so good for that as well. So that helps me a lot so, as well. Yeah, about putting yourself out there, like you're really friendly, you're ready to to soak up new things. And I suppose the gratitude and the you're generating your own luck, you know, creating yeah. these little miracles along the way. It's so cool. You know, a lot of people would talk about Irish history and mention the famine. And mm. whenever I uh, talk about the famine, Sometimes I call it a genocide and I get a huge boola bus online, like a yeah. clapping hands. And people are like, oh, yes, you called you called it what it is. But I'm not a historian and I haven't researched the famine in great depth. Like. We can edit this out if you want, but do you think <laughs> it's correct to call the famine a genocide? And is that conversation changing now that people are looking more into colonization and decolonization. Yeah, I've had a funny experience on my channel, not a funny experience, but a strange experience on my channel with this, you know, because I get the same thing when I call it 
the famine or the great hunger. Like I get loads of comments saying, you know, do better. Like, you know, don't call it that. And obviously I understand why, but I suppose it's such a difficult subject, you know, because no, it wasn't a traditional famine really, but this is all open to opinions. Everyone has a different opinions on this, but no, not exactly. Like some, a lot of historians will say it was completely avoidable. You know, there was enough grains in Ireland to feed the whole country, but they never stopped exporting them. So mostly, like obviously back in the eight, mid-1800s, people really, really re relied on the potato. I know they had it for probably 100 years at that stage at least. But back in the early days of the potato, it didn't become a staple food. You know, it's just part of the diet. But in the 1800s, mid-1800s, it was staple, you know, especially for people in rural areas. And yeah, like that's, I suppose that's the biggest problem is that food exports didn't stop. And we had enough grains to feed the entire country that's the that's kind of the uh, argument that a lot of historians give and that's why people will say like no it wasn't a famine it wasn't a tra traditional famine whatsoever it was a genocide you know that's where that yeah. argument comes from and it's not incorrect like you know at all but yeah, Interesting. It, it's a, and, yeah. It, it is a it, it is a difficult topic yeah because even when i'm scripting a video and i'm like what do i call it famine great hunger genocide you know what i mean you're like i don't even know what to do because i, I want to please everyone at the same time though i don't want to be wrong because that's the whole point of my channel is to give facts you know i don't give opinions on my channel ever i made that mm. rule at the start as well i was like i'm not mm. giving my opinion on anything because i mean i don't think people want my opinion anyways who cares about my opinion i just want to give facts but that era is so difficult because what you call it is an opinion Right. Yeah, interesting. What you call yeah. it is an opinion. So it's so mm. tricky. It's very, very tricky. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of your research has also led you to the psychological findings and the sociological present day kind of consequences of how history has acted out in Ireland. So things like, you know, the Irish diet or the way we might have massive portions in some families or tiny portions and others, people might trace that back to the famine and say, or, you know, the way we're really polite, people might say, oh, this is because we were a colonized country, etc. Do you think about that much? Have you done much research on that? Or do you talk about on your channel intergenerational trauma or how people think and feel in Ireland because of Irish history? Yeah, well, Irish melancholy is a sh is a real thing for sure. You know, it really is. And like, it's it's funny because like, I only I remember learning about that. I don't know what age I was, but I was quite young. And I was kind of like, oh, that explains it. That's that's why I feel how I feel. You know, there's nothing wrong with me. Everyone has this. And it's strange. And I think that goes back to Irish history being so young. And when you call Irish history young, people are like, what are you talking about? Ireland has history for thousands of years. And of course it does. But also some of the most significant events are very, very young. Like if you look at how old Ireland is, like we have like dolmens tracing back thousands of years. And then look at, say, I'm going to use the US for an example, a really, really young country. So America is a really, really young country. And Ireland's a really, really old country going back thousands of years. Okay. But the American War of Independence was in 1775. Ireland's was 100 years ago. Isn't that wild? Like 100 years ago. That's when some of our most significant events were. 100 years ago, out of thousands of years. It was only then. And, you know, as I said, 100 years ago is not a long time. Like, that's my great 
grandparents. That's my parents' grandparents. They grew up with people that lived through this. That's mad. Do you know, that's yeah. absolutely crazy that our parents would know people that lived through that time. So it's so mm. recent. And I think that maybe is a probably plays a big part in it. I don't think people really realize how recent this stuff was. I think people, once they we kind of get older, we, you know, we kind of realize that this stuff is so recent. But when you're a kid, you don't realize it's that recent at all. You know, yeah. as I was saying, when you're a kid, 100 years ago, it's ridiculous. That doesn't yeah. exist, you know. But uh, yeah, no, when you get a little bit older and realize that like Ireland's history is also very, very young as it is old, you know. And there's a lot of major events only in the last 100 years, 150 years, you know. And I think mm -hmm. that probably adds to the whole generational trauma or the Irish melancholy, I think, a bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I read recently, you know, that Ireland is one of the only countries in the world whose population has decreased since. That's right. What year yeah. would that have been? Yeah. So our population, say, let's say around 1801, right? It was about 4 million. Okay. By 1840, it was 8 million, right? Space of like 40 years, four decades, nearly doubled, like up to 8 million which is insane, you know? And then in the space of another decade, near, nearly cut in half, not quite cut in half, but nearly cut in half, back down to about 5 million or so or six, you know, because of obviously the great hunger, famine, or whatever you would like to call it, genocide, whatever name to put on it. But, um, you know, so that was a massive part. Our, our, like our population still isn't as high as 8 million, of course, even today, like, you know? Yeah. It's, it's um, if you, what's the whole island? Like 5 million, then seven in the north of Ireland. So, or two in the north of Ireland making seven. Yeah, so it's it's not even the same as it was in 1840, which is crazy, yeah. Mm. yeah. Because if you looked at that time period, like America, UK, like they're all growing on an epic scale, you know, and we're going down the way, which mm -hmm. is crazy, you know, yeah. Wow. I do feel like I have so many more questions and I'll probably be kicking myself. We could go on all day. Um, but I'm just so grateful for you being here, Davey, and creating what you create and sharing your knowledge and being such a breath of fresh air and such a light on the Internet. So I'd highly recommend that you follow Davey Holden. Tell us, Davey, how can people find you, your TikTok, your Instagram? What different platforms do you have where we can find your material? Yep. So I have Instagram, TikTok, Facebook and YouTube, whichever you fancy. And it's just Davey Holden on all of them. And I also have a website, which is DaveyHoldenHistory.com. And make sure to drop me a message if you come over to the page. I'm excited to talk to you. Great. So that's Davey Holden. I'll put the links in the show notes. And Davey, before we go, I was going to ask you, yeah, not only are you such a visionary and so talented, honestly, and so driven, what advice would you have to other let's say accountants or other people who are doing their day job thinking, but I have another passion. Maybe I could work for myself. Maybe I could live my dream. What would you say to them in terms of maybe being more aligned with who you are and what you want out of life? This is a really, really um, big thing in Ireland, actually, specifically Ireland. And I think it's because we're such a small country uh, with such a, like Ireland's just like a community, you know, everyone knows everybody. You know, it's, it's gas, like, and it's just like such a small town of an island, you know, and I think with that comes a lot of people tending to be reserved in doing what they really want and kind of just trying to fit in 
and be like, I don't mean be like everyone else, but not do anything that's crazy different, you know? And I get this myself. Like I go out on to an area on the street or wherever it is to shoot a video and I'm like, oh, everyone's looking at me like, look at this Amadon now with the camera, like what's he doing? Because it's just such a small community that you tend to care about these things when you shouldn't, you know? And that kind of stops people from doing things that they might really, really want to do, you know? Like a year ago, I was an accountant, you know? And now I'm teaching Irish history online. It's crazy, crazy transition, like, you know? Um, so, so it is really, really important to just go and do what you really, really want to do. Because like, even a lot of people thought I was mad quitting my accountancy job to do this. They thought I was cracked. And maybe I am cracked, but <laughs> I'm certainly enjoying it anyways. But no, it is really important to just go out and do what you want to do and don't care what people think. Because at the end of the day, they'll be delighted for you. Do you know, like I was really kind of self-conscious about what I'm doing but then people are like do you know what? I love this channel it's brilliant and you get all the feedback and then you're like oh all that stuff I was worried about just doesn't matter like do you know people are really going to enjoy what you're doing you know and you're just you kind of build it up in your own head but that's a very very Irish thing and I think it mm -hmm. comes because like we're just we're such a small island and we all know each other and with that comes a lot of pressure I guess you know yeah couldn't agree more well Keep doing what you're doing. It's absolutely brilliant. And best of luck on all your new projects this year and to come. Gerv Mila Mila Mahagat. Thanks a million, Davy. And just really brilliant to have you here. Thanks so much, Molly. Absolutely delighted to be here. And I'm a massive fan of your channel as well. I'm trying to get better at the Gwilga. And it's, you know, it's slow process for me, but it, no, it's it's definitely happening. I'm definitely getting a bit better each and every day. So thank you Anna. so much for that. And you're doing incredible work. Mila Buechus. So take care. Slán lát.